the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. For sports fans, there's no better place to get breaking news, real time commentary, and powerful stories than The Athletic. With comprehensive coverage and insightful analysis built around your leagues and your favorite teams, The Athletic delivers everything you need on every sports story that matters. Download the app, visit theathletic.com slash spot track and get yourself 40% off today for that first year subscription. You will not be disappointed. I'm going to bring in Scott right off the top here. Again, a little bounce around show, Scott, with uh, a heavy football back end. But it's, uh, like I said, we've, we've said it before. It's a fun time to be a sports fan. It's a fun time to be a sports business fan or in sports business or investing in sports business or however you may want to be, you know, attach yourself to the conversation. I don't know about you, but it just seems like there's a floodgate of content with sports business, financials, valuations, SPACs, whatever you want to say. I, I mean, look, New York is on the precipice of mobile gambling. That's going to be a billion dollar you know, annual revenue stream. The, the news today that DraftKings has partnered with PGA Tour and they're going to build an on-site gambling hub on TPC Scottsdale, which they're also doing in, at Wrigley Field. And I know in Washington at the Capitol Center and I believe at the Nationals uh, uh, Stadium as well, there's going to be gambling hubs built as well. So it's getting real is my point in terms of sports gambling alone. And then you bring in all the NFTs, which now Major League Baseball has announced they're going to be active in very, very soon. And the NBA, the NBA ones are still ridiculously priced. NFTs. You've got Coinbase valuation going public at $86 billion today with tons of, of athletes connected to that. A lot of pockets get richer every single day, Scott. And it's all kind of tied back to sports in some way or another. Is this just a good time for it? Or is it that athletes and their surrounding leagues and teams and organizations and the and the honestly, the LLCs that these guys all create for themselves, right? Like Durant, I'm thinking, but you know, LeBron has an ink. Everybody's always thinking forward and thinking outward. And it just seems like the, the tentacles of these athletes are everywhere now. And it's because of the money. It's because the money is visible and it's ridiculous. Am I, am I incorrect in that? No, you're not incorrect at all. And I think, I mean, how much, what, how many times what, do these guys get hit up now? That's all I oh, think about. Like Kevin Durant, yeah. he he better have a, a staff of fifteen, which he does, because it must be constant. It must be constant. <laughs> well, it, it it has to be constant because you know I I follow the boardroom with Kevin Durant right. and all that stuff on Twitter, and they're always posting different things, and you know they have their they they've got their own TV network mm-hmm. that they've been doing with streaming video and that I give kind them of stuff. a lot of credit because it's not just. You know, silent money investing. They do a lot of forward-facing they analytical work. They, they're really trying hard. And LeBron too. You know, not to just name a couple, but you're right, Scott. There's a there's a real thought process into what Kevin Durant is doing outside of the basketball world. Don't you also think that it's no coincidence that all of this is happening after a year of a pandemic where we had yeah. a time of no sports? And I think. People that are investing are realizing how important sports is, not only to the United States, but in and malleable, a Scott. Globe, and malleable as a global entity. I mean, these leagues all made money during that hell. 
Well, yeah, yeah, and we're seeing we're seeing investors not only investing in U.S. sports; they're, they're going to yeah. uh, out of the U.S. It came out uh, yesterday that you have uh, some celebrities that are investing in the Liga MX, and you've you've got other with, with the possibility of an MLS migration, right? right? So there could be some Mexico U.S. soccer coming, which. I mean, that's the goal with all these leagues, right, is to get a little bit more global. That's why the Masters is such a big deal, even though it wasn't the best tournament, because there's a $600 million to $1 billion valuation on that win, right? I mean, that's not going to – you're right, Scott. It's a big part of it is the international scene, and it may be the most attractive part of America right now from the international landscape are the athletics, are these athletes, are, you know – these single entities like a LeBron James who has so much power, so much money, so much. I mean, we've talked about the social media power of just one tweet from him, but it's really starting to turn into actual production, actual, you know, it's not just I'll throw a few bucks at a pizza company anymore. That's the old school way to do it. It's way, way bigger. I mean, if you're looking at a Sportico or a front office sports or one of these, you know, sports business, just content monsters. I mean, it's, Every five minutes, Scott, another athlete in a major story in a multi-billion dollar situation, it's not going away. I, I just think it's not an accident. And you're right. The, the fact that we ha- we're on an 18-month hiatus here, essentially, with our economy, completely superseded all of that. Well, it, well, it, it, it couldn't even be affected less. And on top of it, we saw a resurgence of the sports car yeah, market. Memorabilia. I mean, I mean, it, it's everything. It, it, so Scott, is that an accident or, like, or isn't it no, just, isn't it just no. our way to invest in those guys who are now doing so and gals who are now doing so well for themselves in this regard, isn't it like a whole nother way for us to, to buy stock in them where maybe that went away for 15 years? Truly. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, but I, like, like I said, we had remember there was no sports for three months and then it was very scarce going through the summer and then we, we had that bubble and but for a, a span of six months there was no sports so yeah. w- people were pulling teeth trying to create content especially on those sports article uh, like the athletic right. or sporting news any of those they were pulling teeth to get content. And now that the, we have content back, you actually have a, a metric of if we didn't have sports versus having sports and people are realizing how much sports is actually yeah. needed in a global sense. So you have – And maybe and maybe that's slightly naive, right? I mean we all knew how powerful it was, Scott, but maybe that six-month hiatus gave all of these players and their agents and their managers and their staff members and their inks time – actual time to start to reach out and start to talk and actually take some of the phone calls. And maybe that's why it's kind of like a boomer situation. Maybe that's why, you know, a year later, we're seeing all of these efforts kind of come into the public eye because there was actually time. There was actually time for Kevin Durant to sit down with companies and say, Hey, I like that where that's going. You know, what's this, what's Coinbase? How is this going to affect us if X happens? There was probably just a period where they didn't have 1,100 things going on. They could actually get involved, say yes or no one way or another. So maybe it was less about us realizing just how important sports were. Certainly it was, 
look, look, the valuation didn't drop. Let's put it that way <laughs> in how important sports are to economies, to countries, etc. But I bet individually speaking, the hiatus was super good for business, super good for business. Yeah, you make a great point that it, it allowed them to step back and sort of analyze without, yeah. w- without having to deal with playing a sport right. every day and practicing every day. It sort of allowed us to go in our route. You know, We were able to add some sports and yeah. refine some other areas of the site over that time because we didn't have to do the daily transactions. You know, other areas are, you know, coaching there. You had Pete Carroll and Steve Kerr able to do a podcast oh, together yeah. at time when we would never have had that if the pandemic didn't happen. Not right. that I wanted the pandemic to happen, but it opened avenues that some people didn't necessarily see or think could happen. And it allowed that to happen. And sure. you, you hit the nail on the head where, these athletes and, and agents, they're able to step back, analyze, and they're seeing what sports markets or sports teams or leagues that they can invest in. Uh, like we talked about the other day, you have these athletes investing in soccer because they are seeing soccer grow. Yeah. And with the Liga MX, you know, if, if the merger that that we're hearing about between MLS and league uh, x mx goes together i mean that's just a giant league and then it's going to grow and the valuations are going to go up and i don't think it's any um i don't think it's coincidence that a rod is now going for the minnesota timberwolves (laughs) which the valuation that they're putting on that is they're they're buying it for 1.5 billion dollars where the forbes valuation i believe was 1.43 sure so it's that'll drive everybody else up That'll drive everyone else up, but the fact that they're paying that much after having the the hiatus, the right. bubble, the pandemic—that's that, proof in the pudding, right there. That there's absolutely nothing went downward. Nothing. Went, yeah. Certainly, cash was lost. I'm not naive. I'm not trying to be insensitive to that. There was tons of cash lost here, but the the essence, the overall strength, the power, and the investability of leagues, right? I mean, companies getting into the leagues—we're seeing it more and more every day. You know, this DraftKings, the PGA Tour is just the latest example. And certainly that's been coming. It's isn't brand new, but um, this is not, they're not done. They're not done. And from a league standpoint, we saw the NFL get stock in Genius Sports. Uh, you Which know, is everywhere. A, a data, PGA data. has that too, Scott. Yes. Right. So you're not only, you're, you're not only seeing the private companies of DraftKings and them investing and getting into the stats area. The NFL itself is getting into it because they know how powerful it is on top of having the equity in there. Because if that company grows in other PGA, like you said, or other areas for sports betting, and and that's where things are going, the betting is just exploding. um, They're going to grow based on that as well. And, And speaking of which, this is something we've talked about. Uh, over the course of just, you know, general broadcasting either with Kevin back in the day or, or just generally with us, Scott, something we'd like to see. We're uh, 45 minutes Eastern time zone here away from ESPN offering a betting labeled NBA broadcast. Have you heard about this? Oh, no, I did not hear that. <laughs> They're going to have a daily wager linked broadcast of the Brooklyn Nets game tonight. Nets 76ers. 
Now, it's not going to be as attractive as we wanted it to be because Harden's out, Durant is out, Embiid is out. <laughs> but uh, there will be a, a basically an, an in-game live betting aspect to the broadcast throughout the entire, uh, the entire game in accordance with Mike Breen and Doris Burke and the usual. So, um, you know, when you're listening to this podcast, that, that'll already have happened. So if you did get a chance to, you know, hit us up at spot trick on Twitter, let, let us know how you liked it because Scott and I have talked about this, that maybe it was coming, maybe it was time. And, uh, we're going to get our first mainstream taste of that tonight. So something to, uh, keep an eye out for in the future, if they continue down the path with this. All right. Speaking of injuries to major NBA players, let's pivot here to the NBA and talk Jamal Murray. And, you know, I don't want to get in. Mean, he's out. I mean, he's out probably till December, right? Yes. Ma- yes. Christmas is probably a, a minimum deadline for him now with that injury. And we can go down the rabbit hole of how, you know, so many profile players have now been injured or are injured and, is it because of the quick turnaround? And is it because of the, the bubble and blah, blah, blah? I don't know. Can we ever find that data? <laughs> you know, are we ever going to ha- be able to actually tie it to something? No, because guess what? They're going to turn around and start this season October 5th next year. Like they yes, always they do. They're just going to go. So uh, there's really no sense in, in getting anywhere with it until the next CBA negotiations come up. And then it's, are we shortening the regular season? Are we going to have a mid-season tournament? How are you going to get these guys healthier for longer? Who knows? Um, I don't think the NBA really has an issue right now in comparison to the other sports. I mean, they've got superstars playing into their mid-30s, late-30s. It's To me, it's been a pretty successful situation. And, uh, you know, unfortunate for Jamal Murray. But I guess, look, uh, I woke up this morning. The first thing I thought about, which is insensitive, was who the heck is the MVP of this league right now? Because... <laughs> Embiid's out. He was the clear favorite at one point. LeBron's out. He was the clear favorite at one point. Giannis has never been the clear favorite, but he's been kind of healthy, but kind of not great, great, right? He hasn't been Giannis material this year, even though he's been, a, you know, certainly above average. Right now, it's Joker is the only yeah. negative, negative odds. And I don't know if he was there before the injury. I would, I would, I'd venture to guess he was. He's been that solid and he's been that healthy. And is that all it's going to take, Scott, with any of these guys? Like, if he's the only one of these guys that finishes healthy, he's going to get it, right? Yeah, especially the way he's been playing. <laughs> Even with Murray out, I mean, adding the addition of Aaron Gordon and the other guys that are on the team, looks like they're in talks of getting Austin Rivers. Um, so <laughs> Trade deadline was never dead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to be a process of elimination and, you know, everyone else has been injured. So that's what it feels like. He's been excellent though. He has been. Yeah. Um, Hey, speaking of which, what is the deadline to acquire a player with postseason eligibility? Do you know that? Yeah, I do. It is April 9th. I just want everybody to know that Scott just had to look at some kind of notepad and for some reason, he has that written down. So <laughs> that's the level of NBA nerdum that he's existing in. Um, okay. And it's, next, and it's next to me every day. So <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Somehow you're married. The, uh, so that's the hard deadline then. So, so obviously, they can acquire a point guard right now. And he would still be eligible for the postseason. That just doesn't seem right, by the way. Doesn't seem right. But we've talked about that before. <laughs> no, 
but that, that that was April 9th, April 9th. Oh, so it's we're, passed. We're April 15th, so we're past. So Austin so, Rivers can't play in the postseason if they sign him? Well, it, it, if he was waived, I, I need to look when he was waived because if he was waived before. Oh, yeah, the, he was. He was. You're right. He's been on. He's he was bought. He was waived at the deadline originally. So yeah, he was waived on March 28th. So he he can still. So the sign. rule exists if somebody's on the active roster and then is waived after yeah, so April were, 9th. So if they were waived right now and then went and signed with the Lakers, then they would not be playoff eligible, eligible to the end of the regular season. But that's it. Right. They can't play okay. any games postseason. All right. Fair enough. All right. Anything else NBA wise we need to know? Steph went off again, um, you know, right after we talked about him. So he's uh, he's not going away, but he does. He is going to have to get paid soon. There's no question about that. It's whether or not that Warriors team can get themselves figured out for the next two to three years, as we discussed. Um, your sons play the Clippers tonight, which I thought was interesting after our last discussion, mm-hmm. because that's kind of the team that they need to leapfrog over in terms of Vegas odds and in just terms of the eye test. Um, they got a real chance now, Scott, with this Murray injury. I mean, that, they that, do. that Phoenix team took a real step forward. There's a real logic. So there's a real, I don't know. I mean, look, at that's not the kind of roster that wins championships. So I'm not going to go all in like you did last show. But uh, Chris Paul has some magic in him. There's no question about that. And this is, you know, team number four that he's done this with. And, you know, whether or not they can get two, three rounds through that postseason, I think tonight will be a really nice eye test to see what they can do against the Clippers in a situation now where maybe they recognize that Denver may be a a step behind them with their injury. Uh, Just an interesting situation because, you know, Vegas didn't have them as legitimate contenders out of that West at any point in time. They still don't right now. And uh, I think it's interesting to see how the next 20 games or so progress for Phoenix. And if they can grow up fast enough to be not just Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and a couple of kids, because if they can be an experienced set, they can do some damage. And I, I really think so. Yeah. And this is the effect of, this is why you play the games as cliche as that is, <laughs> but this is why you play because the, the injuries are taking a toll. I mean, you have yeah. the Lakers without AD and LeBron and it has affected them to a certain extent. Now you got Denver, you, you know, Dallas has Porzingis has had some knee issues in and out of the lineup. The Clippers have had injuries or resting guys. So, you know, this is why they play. And if these injuries do go through, you know, AD, they're saying it's an Achilles that is lingering. And if that's the case and he does come back, you know, we we've seen this happen Allah, Golden State, yeah. Durant. You're going to have that conversation the second he comes back. Is it too early? What's going to happen? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it, if the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz can play at their high level going deep into the playoffs, you know, that there's a reason they are one and two right now. They don't have as many injuries as these other teams have had to deal with. So it's going to be who can stay the healthiest, the longest And Denver is just another uh, casualty of an injury. Phoenix 23rd in cash spending this year, Dallas 26th. Looks like they're in good shape for the playoffs. Other than that, it's the usual suspects. Um, but those are pretty much your, your better values right now in terms of, 
you know, guaranteed slam dunk playoff players. I mean, the Knicks are dead last in cash, 91 million, uh, you know, 70 plus million less than the Warriors at number one and they're fringe playoffs right now. So certainly that's a story to keep an eye on. But, you know, Phoenix being the two seed and now having some real momentum at 23rd overall in cash. We don't see that too often in the NBA. That's an that's a major league baseball kind of stat. That's a Tampa Bay Rays kind of stat. Uh, we don't see that really in the other four sports at all. So this is, like I said, it's interesting. It's it's from a business standpoint. It's interesting from a legacy standpoint with Chris Paul kind of doing this now every year somewhere new. And uh, boy, the Lakers are sliding, Scott. I, I don't look at these standings enough. The Lakers are fifth. They're four games out of eighth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they yeah. are. They could easily be a play a play in team come May. That's crazy. Yeah, it is definitely possible. Good lord! All right, you ready to talk some football? I know you yeah, have. I know you it. haven't started yet. I have officially started my fantasy football situation. <laughs> I have started to look at rankings. I've started to talk to cousin Dan about this. I'm starting to get serious. We are in a couple of dynasty leagues. Uh, we will be back in dynasty owner this year, Scott. We had a good time with that. That's the. Uh, that's kind of our go-to right now, and especially this time of year with these free agent moves, the trade moves. Jadavian Clowney now added to the Cleveland Browns roster today. That's going to make that defense a little bit more attractive. Um, Cleveland, by the way, where Dynasty Owner is out of. So I'm sure they're talking about this quite a lot right now. DynastyOwner.com, get you started today at Fantasy Football all year round. Real NFL contracts, the average salaries are used. You got to make real GM decisions throughout the year. Who are you going to keep? Who are you going to keep on their new contracts? So a lot of players like Tyler Lockett jumped up a ton of money. Kenny Galladay jumped up a ton in average salary this year. Those kind of players affect dynasty rosters every single day. Dynastycenter.com gets you started today. All right. I know you got some numbers for me, and I know you got a little uh, fun little trivia game related to quarterbacks. Who doesn't love quarterback talk, Scott? <laughs> Hit me. However you want to do this. Go ahead. Lay it out for me. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's, let, let's talk to draft pools first and then we can do the trivia at the end. Sure. I'll go that route. Yeah. All right. So which teams are going to be at least allocating the most top 51 cap dollars to the upcoming 2020 NFL draft as it stands right now? Based on the top 51 Jacksonville. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, so let, let's phrase it this way. If you're, if you're on the site and you're looking at a, a team and you scroll down to the draft pools, we have two columns yep. designated. One is the total cap. And it, again, this is projected based on some numbers that we've used over the last year. We won't get the actuals until the draft hits here. Um, so we have a total cap column based on our projection. And then we have a top 51 cap, which is based on where the, salary would fall in the top 51 and then we truncate it based on the actual rules of top 51 so if you had a seventh rounder right. you're only getting your bonus allocated towards the top so 51. kind of in summary anyone outside of like the third round for most teams those players are going to fall outside of the top 51 cap hits you know round four through round seven so only their signing bonus proration is actually going to count until week one until september 10th or whatever it is so we've got both versions of that on the site, like Scott said. So you're going to see maybe 3 to $4 million worth of difference between the total draft pool versus the top 51 draft pool. The top 51 is what's going to matter to the team from draft day through week one. So basically through the rest of the summer. So that's why there's two numbers there, as Scott was laying out for you. 
And I think for now it makes sense just to talk the top 51s. So Jacksonville's way on top. Um, yes. Does it kind of go in order in terms of the top three then? Yeah, so it goes Jacksonville, then my uh, – sorry, then New York Jets, and then Miami. Okay. So Miami's couple of trades actually added draft to them then because that would – and San Francisco certainly gave up some picks to get up to number three. So that makes sense then, that they wouldn't be there. Yeah. And then Atlanta's four, San Francisco five, and, and you know, all the way down to Houston is last with 762,000 or so. Because of all of the guys that Houston has signed in this offseason, they actually, their top 51 drops by $5.2 million. Sure. Because they have so many guys in the top 51 that they're, where they're drafting is not going to be affected that much. So, I mean, all this drama in Houston, you know, all these players exited the Deshaun Watson situation on its own. And Houston doesn't have a pick until pick 67. I mean, it's just, it's not their year. It's just not their year. Uh, and it's not a terrible roster. And they've signed, God, 25 to 30 players this offseason just trying to, I, I don't know make an attempt. Is that the best way to look at it? none of these players that they've added are going to make, you know, huge impacts, but maybe as a whole, they'll fit, they'll find a 53 that can, that can at least compete, but it's just, there's no good angle to this, to this Houston Texans team right now. There really isn't. And, and they're not even bad enough to be really bad is the worst part. You know, um, you know, I think there's going to be some teams out there that really are, are going all the way down. And, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to be in the upper five, at the end of the year, but we'll see. So Houston's, who else is down there? Who else is, uh, I, I mean, where's New Orleans and all this, Scott? Because we know how little they have in cap space. Uh, so the bottom is Houston, then Seattle, then the Rams, then the Colts, then the Cardinals. New Orleans is actually in the middle. They are in the middle. And based on the, their total cap, top 51 cap, they're going to have negative space yeah. as of today because right now they only have $988,000 in space for top 51. So they're going to have negative space. They're going to have to make some moves to sign these guys at some point. Um, the other team that is going to have to do some wiggle room is Atlanta. Uh, they have $5 million in space right now for top 51 and with a top 51 cap it's going to go to about 10 and a half so they're going to be at negative 5 million or so with including those top 51s in there so they, they have can fix that by trading out a number four <laughs> that and that they could you're absolutely right <laughs> so i'm not sure they're too worried about that the saints by the way the the, the you know they've done all the dirty work and it's been plentiful there's been plenty of releases and plenty of restructures my guess is the name of the game now is extensions, right? Am I extending Marcus Williams out of his franchise tag? Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek out of their fifth-year options. You can clear some substantial cap space with those extensions, barring you want to get those done now. So I don't think they're really in any kind of concern in terms of being able to fit this draft class and undrafted free agents and then obviously any uh, acquisitions they want to make after that. But everybody's a little tight and snug right now, and this year specifically because of the cap drop. But um, – We'll see. I, I I do think Scott, because of that the, that tightness that everybody's feeling with the top with the with their draft pools, that we probably will see quite a lot of finagling in the draft. You may have quite a lot of work to do with draft trades. 
just because pick 61 is more expensive than pick 72, you know? And if somebody wants to make a legitimate offer about with, with a 2022 pick, for instance, just to get a guy, just to go back seven, eight spots and pick up, you know, $40,000 of space. I think those kind of moves are going to happen this year I, I really, with some teams, you know, specifically Philadelphia, New Orleans, you know, those teams up against at Atlanta. So I do think it, we may see an, an uptick in draft day trades and it's been an uptick every single year already. So it could be quite a bit, quite a busy season. Does that include any actual players? You know, does it, we talked about just the hypothetical with Von Miller in Denver. Are we going to see more of that, Scott, where actual cap is being moved from team to team via players during the draft, which is something we very rarely see? Yeah, I think it should be on the table, especially for teams that have extra space. You know, you have Jacksonville with a lot of extra space right now. You have uh, New England has space. Yeah. You, you know, these teams that have the space that can, unless they're they're planning on trying to roll over as much as they can into next year. I mean, if they want to contend now and they see a player that they could that could be attached to a pick, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about it this way: we talked about Von Miller in, in Denver, and, and that's fine. Couldn't New England do the exact same thing? Couldn't New England? Give Atlanta Stefan Gilmore a need, by the way, cornerback, plus you know a bevy of picks to go up to number four and get Trey Lance. Couldn't couldn't you see that happening this year? Of all the yes. years, I, I just think actual player trades are going to be a big part of this draft, and I hope so because it's so freaking interesting, and it's a quick way to move cap if you're a team in need. I, I just think it's possible this year. That's all. Yep, I completely agree. All right, what do you got for me, quarterback wise, here, Scott? All right, so I took a look at the franchise quarterback earnings for each team, meaning the amount of money that a player X would have made just with that team. Uh, so I, I looked at earnings through 2020 and then earnings through 2021 just to see if there were going to be any uh, massive discrepancies hmm. with some of the quarterback movement. And so uh, I don't know how you want to go. Do you want to go team by team and you try to guess who it is? I, I think we've done this uh, about a year or year and a half ago, maybe, but obviously with the new season, new money, some of these names have probably changed. I'll tell you what, give me five, give me five of the most interesting teams with this exercise. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, the highest earning quarterback in franchise history, just in terms of that franchise. So, for instance, which Correct. quarterback made the most money as a Buffalo Bill? Correct. Okay. Give me, yes. give, give me one of your more interesting ones that you think I might get. All right. Let's go with – well, let's go with Buffalo Bills. You brought it up. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Josh has only been there – a number 10 pick for Allen. That bonus probably dropped pretty low. Does, did he make more than Jim Kelly? Now, remember, that's not including this year, this 2021. I don't think he's made more than Jim Kelly yet. I still say it's Jim Kelly. <laughs> it is Jim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, and if that extension, he signs that Yeah, it's coming. It's a coming. completely different ball of wax. But, yeah, Jim Kelly. And so Scott, how I, long I, ago I, is this? When did Jim Kelly retire in 96, 90, yeah. 95? 
I'm looking. 1996 was his last season oh, in Buffalo. That's incredible. 25. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, boy. Um, well, times, right, are, times are changing quickly. Let's see if you can nail this one. New York Jets. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. God, is there a chance it's Sam Darnold with that bonus? That's my guess. It is not. Oh, man. Okay, it can't be. Is it Sanchez? It is Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. <laughs> the best. Hey, he got uh, him to the playoffs, right? You can't, you can't grape too much. That's no, a, you can't. What, what, what was it? Two, two years in a row, AFC championship? Is that right? Two, two or three, yeah. Well, he made some coin, that's for sure. Good for Mark Sanchez. Doing a nice job as an analyst now, too. All right. Uh, let's go with Jacksonville Jaguars with the have All right. You could have given me the easier here. ones. <laughs> um, Got to make you think a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, my goodness. I mean, David Garrard, Mark Brunel. Uh, is it Bortles? It is Bortles. <laughs> I'm just thinking of guys that were drafted high enough to get the bonus at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and more recently, because you got to think guys back in the. Sure. 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 going to have made as what, much as they. What's now. the number on Bortles, Scott? Do you have it there? Yeah, I do. It's 46 million. Okay. And what's going to be Trevor Lawrence's signing bonus estimation? It is. 20. Total value contract 35-ish. Yeah. Yeah. 22 around 22-6 is going to be signing bonus. All right. So Lawrence is going to pass him with a fifth-year option or an extension. So in about four years from now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Maybe. Unless he's a bust. Well, and to go back, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly's was $28.7 million. <laughs> oh and that, my goodness. That's the low out of this list, but that's how you know, infrequent the bills were just to throw in a comparison with the Bortles at 46 there. How did, how much did Fitzpatrick make as a bill? Do you have that? Because I know he got the extension, but then was basically released out of it 18 months later. Fitzpatrick was at, uh, he's number two in Buffalo history at 26.6 oh, million. So he was a year away. Okay. Well, Josh Allen's going to destroy that. <laughs> so. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> Allen is fourth right now. Okay. All right. Two more. Give me, give me two more. Give me the bears. Cause I, I, I've been sitting here thinking who the hell is the bears Cutler? Yes, it is. Is it by a lot? Uh, it is by a extreme, a lot. That's what I'm thinking in my head. Is it, it goes from yeah. Cutler at 96, nine, and then it drops to Mitchell Trubisky at 29, two quick match. Good for uh. you. All right, give me one more. Give me one you might. Right. Give me a tricky one. I'll give you one more, and then I got a a bonus question for you. So let's go with. Hmm. I mean, if I'm just running down that, so is Arizona Warner? No, it is not. Oh no, he wouldn't play there long enough. 
let's let's go with um, Minnesota. Let's go with Minnesota. Oh, it's got to be Cousins. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's an I, easy one. No, wait, Arizona is difficult. Arizona is difficult. How far back to, is it? Was it Phoenix at the time? <laughs> Mm, no, it was still Arizona. Oh my! Kurt goodness. Warner, Kurt Warner was second. I mean, Bradford wasn't there long enough. No, it couldn't be. So Kurt Warner was second at thirty-one and a half million. This person, who's number one, is at seventy-four and a half million. What? I, I'm missing somebody huge. This is embarrassing. He used to be on a different team. Oh, Came out of Carson Palmer. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was embarrassing. All right. So the bonus question is, there are actually, out of 32 franchises, three players have are on this list for two different teams. Really? Yes. Is it Bradford? No. Two different teams. Oh, so Palmer's so- one of them. So Palmer is one yeah, of them Cincy. because Arizona and Cincy. Okay. So there's two two other players are on two. Oh, other this brands. is good. This is good. Um, so where did boy? This doesn't happen often. Give me. Can you give me the teams? If I do, you're gonna get. That's okay. Instant. All right. So we'll say Indy. Okay. Oh, and Peyton. Denver. Peyton. Yeah. Peyton. Okay. And then Kansas City. All right, stop there. Hold on. Alex Smith. Alex Smith with Washington. Yes. Are you serious? Alex Smith is the franchise er- highest earning franchise quarterback in Washington history? Yes, 71 million. Oh my god. <laughs> For what? 14 games? Oh my goodness. And, and the next want to guess the next closest in Washington franchise? Uh RG3? No, nah, he's third. Okay. Okay. You've already said him. I have? Hit me. Kirk Cousins. Oh, of course. Mr. Franchise. Yeah. 46.6 million. Yeah, those franchise tags. So, as I mentioned off the top with this segment here, I looked at the 2021 earnings through, obviously, we don't have extensions. This is as of today. So two teams actually are going to have earner changeover. Do you want to take a guess at what? Well, let's say teams? five then, because Buffalo is definitely going to. <laughs> right. And and Cleveland probably will with Baker. And who is Cleveland, by the way? Baker already. Oh, my goodness. At what number? 30 and change? 27.9 right now for through 2020. So they're about the same as the Bills. And they're going to be in the same yeah. boat in a couple of months. Yes. Wow. That's very, very interesting. And they're both Super Bowl contenders. How that is interesting. Um, and then I would imagine Lamar, right, is about to pass with his extension whenever that happens. Uh I don't I don't think so. Really? Joe Flack Joe Flacco <laughs> is number one. And Joe. He has made hundred and forty seven point eight million dollars. And where's Lamar with, at? Lamar is at I mean, he'll need like a $70 million signing nine, bonus. Nine, right? 9.7. So he's not even close. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Last 30-second round pick. Okay. All right. So so Cleveland and Buffalo probably, but you're telling me there's two more than that? There's two that are 
based on 2021 cash being added that will have a changeover. Rodgers is already way ahead of Favre, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Let me check here. Okay. Yeah, he's way, way above. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, 263, and Favre was at 97. Um, is it Mahomes? Not yet. Is it still Alex Smith there? It will be, yes. That's fantastic. You're going to have to give me a hint. One was the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl, so that'll really help you. This past Super Bowl? Yes. Are you telling me Brady's about to be the Tampa Bay high earner? Yes, I am. <laughs> Two seasons. That's amazing. Um, so t- Tom Brady is going to be at 55-9 through 2021. Jameis Winston was the high earner through 2020 at 46. So... After 2021, Brady, Palmer, and Smith will be the highest-earning quarterback for a, for two separate franchises? That's incredible. And... That's incredible. And with, with this next team, you will have another player that will be the highest-earner on multiple teams. Who the hell else changed teams? Oh, this is a good one. You're going to have me stumped here. Is it Cam? No. What am I talking about? Who is it? Brian Tannehill. Fantastic. Yeah. Tennessee. It, Steve McNair was the, is through 2020 still. And then Ryan Tannehill will supersede him. So he will have been the highest on Miami as well as Tennessee going once the 2021 season is over. That's a quarter of the league. That's eight teams, right? That would be, well, (laughs) if you include, well, yeah, if you include Tom in there, then that would be 10, 10 teams. So 10 out of the 32. So a third, what are we talking about here? That's crazy. That's really interesting stuff. Any other names at the top of their team that really jump off the page here? Giants is Eli. 49ers is... Yeah, let me run... I'll run down right real quick here to finish off. Wait, who is the... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So Arizona, we said Carson Palmer. Atlanta's Matt Ryan. Baltimore, Joe Flacco. Buffalo, Jim Kelly. We got Carolina with Cam. Chicago with Jay Cutler. (laughs) Cincinnati with... Carson Palmer, Cleveland with Mayfield, Dallas. You want to take a guess? Is it still Romo? It is still Romo, yeah, okay. yes. Then Denver, Manning, Detroit, Matt Stafford, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Houston. Take a stab at Houston. It's not Deshaun? No, yeah, it is not. Yeah, because his first two years were really simple. Um, Castle? Nope. Osweiler. Nope. He used to play for the Falcons. Yeah, that's uh, not Castle. Schaub. I was thinking Schaub. Wrong Matt. Yeah. Wrong Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt Schaub. Okay. Houston highest earner right now. Um, then we got Indy with Manning, Jacksonville, Bortles, Kansas City, Alex Smith, the Charger franchise, Philip Rivers. 
the Rams franchise, Jared Goff, the Raiders franchise, Derek Carr. And then, like I just said, Miami. So not Jamarcus Russell? (laughs) (laughs) Are we going there with the draft coming up? No. (laughs) Uh, Miami is Tannehill, Minnesota Cousins, New England, obviously, Tom Brady. Saints, obviously, Taysom Hill with that $140 million extension. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> wouldn't even wouldn't even come close to Drew Brees. Right. Uh, we got Giants with Eli Manning, Jets with Mark Sanchez. Oh, that's the Philadelphia. Best one. It's the best one. It's better than Jim Kelly. Mark Sanchez is oh. better than Jim Kelly. It is. Go ahead, Philly. Philly, Carson Wentz, yep. Pittsburgh, Big Ben, Seattle is Russell Wilson. San Francisco, I'll let you take a stab at that. What do you think? I've been thinking because you're telling me it's not Alex Smith, right? It is not. Oh, it's got to be Kaepernick. No. Oh, Kaepernick made a lot of money in those three years. Who the hell is it? Steve Young didn't make that much. I know he didn't. Is it Jimmy G? It is Jimmy G. Wow. So Alex but- Smith, Alex Smith with the 49ers, was it just under 50 and a half? Jimmy G is at 85.7. Oh, that's right. They front-loaded that thing. Got like 41 in the first year. Yeah, they did. All right. Tampa will be Brady. It's Jameis right now. Tennessee will be Tannehill. Is it? Oh. Oh, wait. You got to think old school. I mean, Locker didn't make enough. Oh, McNair. McNair. Yeah, nice. Yep, Steve McNair. And then uh, Mariota, then Tannehill with that franchise. And then rounding it off, Washington is Alex Smith, like we talked about. What is the last question on this? What is the biggest gap between one and two? Do you know that right there? Uh, Yeah, give me one second. Let me sort this. Please tell me it's Cutler. So when you say gap, you want the highest versus the lowest? No, between one and two. Like who is – it's probably Roethlisberger, right? Oh, yeah. I don't have that metric. I'd have to go back through. Yeah. I I, I bet you it's Ben. Although, wait. Probably. What other Saints uh, quarterback made that money, though? Let's see. Big Ben is Oh, no. It'd be Brady. It'd be Brady. It'd either be Brady and Breeze because nobody else made a damn. On those franchises. Well, the, the difference between for Pittsburgh is 253 compared to 23.8. So, <laughs> Which is who? Cordell Stewart. Nice. And then if we're talking Brady, because you had Drew Bledsoe in there. so Yeah, good call. Uh, Brady's 235 and Bledsoe made 52.6. So it could, it may be, let me do. It may be Ben. Let me do do Breeze. It might be Breeze. Yeah, it's definitely Saints. Huge drop off. Saints 256 and a half for Drew Breeze. Teddy Bridgewater. What? At 12 points. There's your Jeopardy question, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) 12.25 is Teddy Bridgewater. Holy gosh. So it's definitely the Saints drop off and then maybe Atlanta with Matt Ryan, how much he made there. Yeah, it's a good uh, now. You uh, know. No, Michael Vick made 57 yeah, million absolutely. as opposed to 244. So it's probably the Saints. Wow. Nice little exercise. 
Well, it's going to change. Like I said, there's some quarterback contracts on the com- on the coming here. Josh Allen probably first, if I had to guess. Maybe Baker. Browns have been kind of sneaky, quiet, and sneaky, calculated with their moves this offseason. I wonder if the Baker deal is coming maybe sooner rather than later. Probably not till after the draft, though. I imagine everybody's in draft mode right now. And the hot stove's certainly uh, scalding yeah. hot. There's no question I'm about a- that. Let's do this for next week. You, do you want, let's do the same exercise. Let's do, do you want to do wide receivers or you mm. want to do running backs? What do you want to do? Or, or a different position? I think running backs will be the most interesting because of how, th- how quickly it's changed and where there were maybe half the league active for quarterbacks. I wonder if that won't be the case for running backs. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Homework, Scott. Good stuff. All right. My All thanks right. to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off. And get yourself into fantasy football mode at DynastyOwner.com. Real NFL salaries, real GM decisions. Get going, even though it's April. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast.